life of a professional artist can seem romantic and thrilling. And while it's true that in many ways it is, it can also be a life filled with challenges and complexities that often feel heavy and discouraging. Join us for Outset, a podcast dedicated to helping fledgling artists develop a healthy, creative approach to their art and careers. I'm Emily Wheeler. And I'm Scott Ferris. Together, we have over five decades' experience working in the professional arts. During that time, we have had the opportunity to mentor many young artists. And knowing the difficulties you, the developing artist, might face, we'd like to share some thoughts and strategies to help guide you on this path. Welcome to Outset, a conversation for the developing artist. Who are the members of your art community? Perhaps that is a list of five, 20, 70, hundreds of people. Regardless, though, of how long or short that list may be, from a place of great honesty, ask yourself this next question. Have I ever felt ignored or unsupported by, stagnant or uninspired in, or disconnected from this community? If your answer is a strong yes, or even a subtle yeah from time to time, or even if your answer is, I don't think I belong to an art community, then stay with us to learn how you can more effectively grow and support an art community that will grow and support you. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Ferris, and I'm Emily Wheeler. And uh, today we'd like to talk about how to grow uh, and foster an artistic community. That's right. I love this topic, Scott, because as an artist, you know, this topic of art community and growing an art community, it's so exciting for me personally as an artist, because I don't think that there has ever been anything as transformative or um, probably as fulfilling for me as an artist as learning how to grow an art community, how to create and participate in an art community. Well, you know, Emily, uh, you and I first met by both teaching at a community college mm-hmm. and uh, right. it was it was an amazing experience and and I saw you come into uh, this small community and and really begin to build that and and I'll tell you that's something I've always had admired in you and in your husband Brent that you guys um, really truly found a way uh, to enhance a very small artistic community and grow <laughs> it and foster it and and uh, man, it's just something that I'm really honored well, to have to have watched. That's and, very kind. And, and, yeah. I love this already. Yes, and and, and seen so conversation's great for me. Yeah, it's awesome. So, but you have a lot of insight into how to do this because it's something you do very naturally. Well, that's that is really kind of you to say. Um, I don't know if it's natural. I mean, I've really had to think about this and work on it. But I will say that I think that for artists, once they start to understand this a little bit, it's a powerful tool, and it's a powerful tool because as an artist, it is very easy to get into a place where you feel um, overlooked or unsupported or not successful, not appreciated, et cetera, et cetera, right? Absolutely. All these negative feelings. So easy to have those, those negative feelings kind of set in. And when they do set in, it's easy to swim in them for a long time and be taken to a dark place, right? Yeah. But this is what I've learned, that as soon as you start feeling some of that negativity as an artist, if you can just flip the switch for a second and stop thinking about yourself 
powerful things can happen. If you are willing to just pause and start thinking about the other people in your community and what you have done to help them feel supported, noticed, appreciated, etc., powerful, powerful things happen. Not only are you helping other people, but I've noticed that in so many ways that support gets reciprocated. Maybe not in equal measure, but reciprocated. I've got to agree 100%. And and you kind of touched on something that I think we as artists uh, struggle with, and that might be narcissism <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> you know what? Our communities, we all artists know this, right? That our communities can be a place of incredible ego, yeah. incredible vanity, um, jealousy, annoying posturing, etc. right? But it doesn't have to be. Art communities can also be a place of incredible encouragement, support, um, humility even, believe it or not, (laughs) and compassion. And I know this because I've lived in art communities like that, right? And when you can belong to a community that feels supportive and encouraging, and, and it feels like there's humility and compassion there, it's, it's pretty incredible what that can do for you as an artist, right? Absolutely. And so I was thinking on the subject of community about how communities can thrive, right? How can they do well? And look, this isn't just art communities. This is any community. It's sports community. It's uh, academic communities, geographically, you know, a town of citizens together in the same community, online communities, any community has the chances, right, of doing well if positive things are happening in three areas. So let's talk about those a little bit, okay? Um, First of all, if positive things are happening economically, that's good for a community. If positive things are happening in terms of education, that's good for a community. And when there are positive things happening emotionally, that's good for a community. So you want to talk about some of these things? I, I, no, <laughs> I, I think that's that's absolutely true. And, and when you talk about artists and economics, well, we get into a... <laughs> Maybe it, I was going to say a deep well, but it might be shallow, <laughs> perhaps, um, because we all struggle fiscally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, that that is inherent in the struggle of the artist. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a writer or a painter or a pianist or a dancer or whatever. Um, money's an issue. Um, right. I think, sure. uh, you know, your parents are worried, are you going to eat? Um, are you, you know, you're maybe a little worried about that, too. Um, <laughs> It doesn't always sound like a job of great stability, (laughs) financially speaking. So what are the ways, um, Scott, that you have learned over the years that you can be helpful in an art community when it comes to finances, when it comes to economy? You know, I think one of the strongest things that we can do is actually show up. You know, for instance, um, I, I get invited to a lot of shows by the nature of what I do for a living now. And invariably, people nowadays will put me on a guest list. Well, 99% of the time, I don't exercise that. I just pay the cover. Mm-hmm. It was $5 to hear yeah. this band play or this musician or, or you know, to see this event. You know, five, five bucks isn't going to break you. If it, if it is, well, I, I've been there too. <laughs> right. So maybe can you empathize. can't go. Yeah, maybe you do, uh, you know, hey, can I get on the guest list? Because I really want to be there. Um, you know, and we've all been in those, in those hard places. Um, but, you know, complaining about a $3 cover, if you're complaining about that, people are going to complain about your $3 cover. So let's sure. get over that. Let's right. support each other. Um, yeah. uh, I, I just think that's really important. You know, the first time that I really thought about this, I was in college and um, 
I was with a group of students that, you know, we were in an ensemble together and we had a, a concert that was approaching. And we were excited about this concert because we had a guest artist coming in who was going to play with this. And this was a very well-known artist and very established artist. And we were excited. We were thrilled that this guest was coming. We were going to be able to play with him. And we wanted this concert to go well, right? Yeah. Um, not just on our end in terms of how we performed, but we wanted this artist to show up with a good audience. We wanted a lot of people to be there, be present, be supportive of what was happening. And so we were talking a little bit just about marketing. We were talking a little bit about getting bodies in the seats at this yeah. concert. And one of um, my professors walking by, who I had so much respect for, he had so much experience um, as a professional artist and, and also had done incredible things in, in um, you know the college that he taught at. He walked by and he just said, well, you better put your time in marketing this over in the science building and in the math building. Because if you do it in this building, you're not going to get many people show up. And I thought that was kind of an interesting comment to make, right? That he thought that to the concerts, for our concerts, most of the attendance came from outside of the music building, you know? And it just kind of stayed with me. I didn't think too much about it, but I mean, I didn't forget it. And the night of the concert, I kind of paid attention to who was there. And he was, he was correct. There were very few other music professors there. Um, if they had something to do with the concert, they were there, but otherwise they weren't. Music students, there were so many of them not there. They didn't come. They didn't pay you know, to get the ticket and come in and watch it. Those music students who were there were the ones who were on stage. Yeah. And it was really interesting because I thought, I mean, shouldn't... Shouldn't the other musicians, shouldn't the art, other artists be the ones who are here at this art event, at this concert, and excited to support it? But it wasn't how it worked, right? Yeah. And so since that moment, I've thought about that quite a bit. Like, how do we as artists support each other economically, financially? Do yeah. we get so involved in what we are doing, you know, and consider it the most important thing, the only important thing, that we don't have time to go watch someone else's concert, to go watch someone else's film, to read someone else's book, to go to someone else's show, etc. Right? I, I have seen the exact same thing. As a matter of fact, it, uh, it's kind of a stereotype that the musicians are the ones standing at the back of the room with their clipboards going... No, he was a little bit flat, um, a little bit off there. Or, oh, you know, her painting, oh, her forms really aren't that good. Mm-hmm. I, I would have used blue. Um, you know? yeah. and, and so because I think sometimes that we're involved in the arts, that we go and we're critiquing. And so there's sometimes there's a lack of joy there. So sometimes I think maybe we don't go because we're not that big of fans of art yeah wow that's a that's a pretty tragic statement yeah and it's i very I, telling right yeah Who you really are as an artist inside if you're not willing to go support other art that's right um have you had any experiences where um where you have been able to feel kind of changed as an artist just because other artists were willing to support you yeah um uh, my wife and I have been musicians together for many years, and and we had toured, and we had kind of gotten off the road because uh, we got pregnant. We're having our first daughter, uh, and and we had Rachel, uh, who was our daughter, and we weren't playing, you know, because mm-hmm. we were raising an infant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, being out every you know Thursday, Friday, and Saturday until four in the morning was a little difficult at that time. Uh, but we had these dreams of still playing, had a new band we were thinking of and trying to write, but not being very successful at it. And we were in a really dark 
dark place. It, um, you know, we we talk about the dark night of the soul. Well, this was like a dark two years or three <laughs> yeah. years of the soul, you know. Um, and uh, we really almost quit. Um, we got to the point where we were so demoralized that both of us almost stopped. It was like, you know, maybe that's the end of the line, the end of the road for us. And, you know, maybe I need to, as my mom would say back then, (laughs) well, maybe it's time to go get a real job, Scott, Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, during, during that time period. And one day I went out to the mailbox and just checking the mail and inside it, was an envelope addressed to Amy and I, and I opened it up, and there was a single white piece of paper um, that uh, basically had a statement that said, follow your dreams, and a $5 bill. Wow, yeah. And no return address. (laughs) And, you know, we were kind of obviously surprised by that. I did you know, it was, uh, you know, wasn't expecting to get $5 in the mail. And the next week we got another envelope and there was $2 in it. And the next week we got a dollar. And this happened over the course of two years. We would receive an envelope in the mail almost every single week. One day it was $100. The next day it was a, the next week it was a dollar bill. Mm-hmm. And so, and every time there was a little message about keep going. And I remember at one point, Amy and I looking at each other going, someone actually believes in us. Yeah, that's powerful. It was incredible. And so we took that money and we put it in a fund and we made that a songwriting retreat fund. And every dime that we got that way, we used to, you know, escape so that we could write. And that writing process ended up being the formulation of one of the favorite bands I've ever been in. It was a band called 100 Love Sonnets. And that process ended up being an album. That ended up mm-hmm. being the debut album of that band. That was the material we wrote through through this, you know, it was a small level of support, but to us, it meant the world. Yeah. And years later, you know, I was assuming it was one of my best friends, somebody I knew really well, you know, um, at that time. Yeah, yeah, my mom. Yeah. No, she still wanted me to get a real job. No, my mom was super supportive. She's awesome. Uh, But Amy and I were attending a church at that time. And so we assumed it was somebody from that community or, or a musician friend that I toured with or something like that early in my career. And it turns out um, that it was, it was a, another guitar player in town. Um, she was a teacher, a uh, guitar teacher in town, who I knew as an acquaintance. I'd met her once. Wow. Um, she knew nothing about us other than we were young artists who were struggling. Mm-hmm. We did have a communal friend, I think, that had you know, told her about us. Mm-hmm. And so she just decided to support us with her money. Yeah. And it, it was literally life-changing. We might, I might not be here making a living in the arts if it hadn't been for this woman. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful yeah. f- for an envelope with a $5 bill in For it. sure. Financial support means a lot to an artist. Yeah. Right? And if we're willing to give what we can to other artists, um, 
no matter what your art is, if you're willing to pay to go see a stage show or someone's film or buy their book or you know whatever it is, if you're willing to take a portion of the money you make as an artist and return it to the arts, give it to other artists, it's powerful. It, it is, and, and no matter what you're going to receive, because she wasn't right. going to receive any benefit from me. I was a competing guitar teacher in the community, mm-hmm. and she supported me. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that wasn't lost on me. Um, and, and so that has ramifications in my life now, that, mm-hmm. that that random act of kindness that that individual gave to Amy and I, I hope to pay forward. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, another element, right, of helping an art community in addition, in addition to um, financially trying to be helpful, um, we said education. There's lots of ways, right? Sometimes we hear that word education and instantly we think, well, institutionalized education. We're going to grow the community by becoming a college professor and teaching at a music conservatory or an art conservatory. I'm going to get a degree. (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes that might be true. Sometimes that really might be, um, you know, your gut's desire, your heart's desire and passion, and, and that's great. But it doesn't have to look like that. Education comes in a lot of different varieties, right? It has many different faces. Um, I was thinking actually when, when the, I first um, said education, I was thinking of the great drummer, jazz musicians out there will definitely recognize this name and his story, but I was thinking of Art Blakey, mm-hmm. who was a very well-known and respected jazz um, composer and drummer and a band leader. And as a band leader, he did powerful things for the jazz community. Um, because of how he approached education. You know, he was very passionate about taking young, upcoming, promising jazz artists, recruiting them, putting them in his band, and then mentoring them, teaching them, um, not just about music, although that's true, that's a big part of it, but also just how to survive as a musician, how to tour, how to record, how to get your music out there, how to present to an audience, etc. And so many people under him, right, in his band became very very proficient, masterful musicians and were able to leave his band and go lead their own career um, and go kind of spread the word, right? This is what jazz is. This is what music is. This is what art is. They're able to kind of keep the message going. And so just the willingness to mentor people, the willingness to get together with people and exchange ideas and talk about what you're passionate about and educate each other, right? That's powerful. Well, yeah, and I think the, I think the concept of being open Mm-hmm. you know, to each other's experiences and, and uh, each other's knowledge. I mean, education to me is a two-way street. I, I, mm-hmm. I know I taught for 21 years and I learned more from my students than they right. learned from me uh, sure. many times, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, and, and I think it's real easy to think, well, I don't have that much to offer because I'm at the beginning of my career. I'm not an expert yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's the case. There are, there are absolutely ways for you to share that with other people. I mean, share it with children for that matter. I mean, that, that can open up a world that to an individual that they might not be exposed to. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, growing a community by trying to offer emotional support. (laughs) This can be a big one, right? For artists, because again, as mentioned earlier, artists can very easily get into a dark place mentally where they feel overlooked or not appreciated or or maybe not significant in their art. And so just being willing to connect, 
emotionally with the people who are in your art community can be powerful. Just being able to reach out and say something positive. If they invite you to one of their shows or experiences, one of their, um, to view one of their projects, go if you can, but if you can't let them know that you wish you could have, and when it's done, follow up, right? Reach out, ask them how it went. I think that that's really important because we can't be at everything. It's just simply impossible. But I love the idea of, hey man, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there this past weekend. Um, how did it go? Yeah. I, I, that's, wow. That shows probably a level of caring that's pretty surprising in our society, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's really important. And as, I, as we discuss this, one, one thing I would like to include is that uh, many people with an artistic temperament are going to be introverted. Sure. Yep. So sometimes Absolutely. what we're talking about is tremendously difficult. Mm-hmm. That the building up the energy for an introvert to go <laughs> <laughs> sure. and do something can be really, really dif- difficult. But if you will plug into that, you'll find community and there will be energy and there will be a spark that you receive from that. And mm-hmm. I think it's so important to do that. And I think it's arrogant uh, for me to think everybody should come see me, but I don't have to go mm-hmm. see everybody else. And everyone should be interested in me, right? right <laughs> but exactly. not anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not that interesting. So, <laughs> you know, so sometimes I do good things. Sometimes I don't. That's the way right. we all are. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just that willingness to be interested in what's happening outside of your bubble, right? Or yeah. make your bubble bigger. <laughs> Think of it as your community. So be interested in what other people are producing and what they're creating and what they're excited about. Yeah, Emily, make your bubble bigger. I like that. <laughs> yeah, That's I like really that. great. Well, um, oh, go ahead. Do you have? I was going to say, do you have any any final thoughts? I was just going to say, yeah. You know, I think that it is true that any community, you know, they it seems like any community seems to function at a at a higher level when all the members feel connected, and so you know that idea of feeling connected through the financial support you give each other through the education you experience together through kind of the emotional connection you share and the support you give each other verbally or even in written form, a text, a message, whatever. That stuff goes a long way to make a community stronger. And when you as an artist, you know, when you belong to a community where you help support other people, help other people feel noticed, you help other people feel excited about their art, Um, help them feel inspired. It's true that in many different ways, it kind of comes around. So for you personally, your chances of feeling inspired increase, your chances of feeling successful increase, (laughs) your chances of feeling productive, it increases. Yeah. And I think it's really important that we take actually concrete action. We text, we call, we send an email as opposed to just, oh, I liked it on Facebook or, you know, sure. yeah. Oh, look, I put the heart on Instagram. Hooray. <laughs> you know, yep. Those things are good, but that's not real support. Yeah, absolutely. And once you feel like you, you know, you do belong to a community that you are growing, that you're supporting and you're feeling that in, in return, that's really cool because as an artist, you've just connected to something really important. Thanks for sharing this conversation with us. We hope it helps with your journey. Live artfully. Outset is produced by Emily Wheeler and Scott Ferris, engineered by Christopher Reynolds, and recorded at the Amusement Park Recording Studio in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit Outset Podcast. 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com.